0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello there, my name's James and welcome to another episode of The Oz F1 Show in this episode. We get our drinks together to have some pre-drinks ahead of the Azerbaijan Baku Grand Prix. And I'm joined by well, my friends and yours, they're feeling a little bit down because they're in Victoria, but that's okay because we get to talk about Formula One. That'll lift Campy's spirits. It's the two Thomases, Tommy T, the favourite gulag button pusher and Campy constantly stuck in the modern warfare
2: bunker. Can't get out of the gulag mentally. What's the, what's the modern warfare bunker? <laughs> Comrades, how are we? Gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen can assure you I uh, went through three checkpoints this morning, had all my paperwork in oh, place. Just... The I was out in full force. Oh, it mate. is an absolute shit show down here in Victoria.
1: Anyway, free North. moving away from which state is better than which, which is clearly the answer is New South Wales. It's great, thank you. Went to sport yesterday, went out um, and about, went out for dinner. It was fantastic. Uh, the freedom mate, is joyous jealous. to taste. Good on you. Uh, but boys, How let's talk. It? Let's. I forgot. Let's talk about freedom Barku. isn't free. <laughs> freedom isn't free. You're paying the price of my freedom. Evidently, <laughs> um, good one, Gary. Now, anyway. <laughs> uh, Guys, this is a track that we really like. Tommy T, I think you've said this a couple of times that Baku is your f- favorite track. Uh, not many in the Formula One community have necessarily said, well, one maybe, whoa. one of the favorites. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Spa's obviously the best. Spa's clearly the, spa is
2: clear. no. right,
1: <laughs> the one next best. One of your favourite. Okay, well, second yes. is still better than where a lot of people put yeah. this track to. Tell us why it's such a good track. It's got everything. You've got a massive
0: straight, which is good for overtaking without DRS. Some nice windy bits through the old section. You're nice and close to the old buildings. Picturesque. It looks like a really fun city to go visit. I just think if I was trying to pick one of the tracks around the world I'd want to go to to watch a race, it'd be this. It's It's got everything. I don't know why people compare it to a Monaco street circuit, which you can't overtake. This has overtaking opportunities.
2: I, I reckon it's just as picturesque as Monaco it's is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's stunning. You see all the… You see all the old buildings and it's on I didn't realise it was on water too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like the mix of old and new. So it's got kind yeah. of like the very new kind of like Dubai esque buildings kind of happening, but it's still got some really nice old character. Yeah.
1: So Perfect. Yeah, and a nice Stop. view to the water from Turn 15, which a lot of a couple yeah. of drivers got as they stood out of the car that they crashed into and went, <laughs> oh, that's a nice view. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. <laughs> hey, but, lads, let's talk about everything coming out of Monaco to uh, this weekend. Of course, Daniel Ricciardo didn't have a wonderful time in Monaco. Uh, it's probably something that he can forget, but in positive news for him ahead of qualifying, but positive news is he spent a lot of time in the simulator Uh, at the MTC, getting his head around exactly how to drive this car. We know that the team know where his deficits are, and it's probably when it comes into the braking, accelerating out of corners more than anything else, and how all of those systems work. But he's put some time in, and certainly for practice sessions in this weekend, he showed some real improvement, which was very, very positive to see. Campy, in terms of the work being put into the simulator and everything else, do you think that the car for 2022 is going to be more Daniel-friendly or are they going to find a middle ground between Lando and him?
2: Oh, absolutely. Daniel Rick will push that car in the direction that he wants and the driving style that he needs, that he's got, and he'll he'll slowly change it. I think he'll get it together. He, we've seen some improvement. He showed some good pace. I think his, Q, his Q1 lap would have put him in the top six i think so i mean he's not that far out but it's just the consistency and putting lap and lap together um with in the style that we know he can drive on you know um.
0: yeah it seems to be that he likes a front end like a very towy kind of car similar to max and that was very showy and we know that that is the fastest way around a track it is however not the most comfortable and if he's not used to that from a Renault and now in this McLaren he's going to have to find that again and they're going to have to really shift the car's development back towards that kind of very tough to drive but very like rewarding style of car setup which Lando might not have right now because he's just grown up with the one car. He, he's been a part of this team the whole time so he doesn't really have any other experience.
2: And I think next year will show when they go to a whole new car if he doesn't gel with his car, how quickly is Lando gonna to adapt to it next year? Yeah. But let's stay on track for this year. I think Danny Rick is making some improvements, but it's just not where it needs to be at the moment. Yeah. And it's a shame. Um it's real frustrating as a fan. Like the whole Discord chat last night was just like gutted. Everyone turned off and didn't finish watching <laughs> qualifying last night. Um I, I did hear an allude. I did hear somewhere on the on the internet, um, there was a problem with his chassis. <laughs> um, there was a problem with his chassis. There was some uh, issues in there, which I sort of spoke about on the Discord chat during the Monaco race. So there's got to be something wrong with this car. Clearly, like is Danny Rick's never been this far off anyone in his life. Now I haven't heard any. I haven't heard Danny Rick talk about it this weekend. I haven't heard McLaren come out and talk about it, and that's because like Danny Rick's handling himself in the way he best knows how. Come out, smile on his face, be positive. Stay humble. Not shit can anyone. Not shit can himself. Um, I think he's doing it really well. But I have heard those rumblings some place, on places on the internet, and I think maybe this crash in qualifying is a good thing because hopefully he gets to get rid of that dud chassis. I don't think he would one. have
0: wrecked the tub. <laughs> I don't know. No, I think. No. I think. Every time you hear chassis problems, it's always a bit of fake news for me. It's like one of these holistic things. We go, like, oh, it's probably a chassis problem because no one can really prove it until it's proved. There's no way to know. It's it's one of those kind of like throwaway. Oh, that's probably what it is. Hopefully, like so until we hear something, we kind of just have to assume that the chassis is fine and he's just struggling with the, the car's development. I think.
2: I think Jim's cut out.
1: Yeah, sorry, lads. Uh, yeah, look, I think in terms of the chassis itself, there was a comment, as you said, Tommy T, about there may have been something wrong with the chassis. From what I understand, McLaren haven't found anything wrong with it. So, look, it is just him getting his head around it. But look, he has our support. Obviously, uh, we'll be the oh, only, it will be the only Australian journalists to say that he has a support. Um, If you listen to this podcast, please do me a favour and don't click on any link from news.com.au or Fox Sports about (laughs) Daniel Ricciardo because they just see those link clicks and go, oh, well, clearly this is something that gets it up there. Just report it as a fake news or something. I don't know. (laughs) It's just terrible through Facebook because you guys... (laughs) Fake news. (laughs) Misinformation. (laughs) Misinformation. Reporters spam misinformation. They're not even putting the journalists' names on these articles anymore because they know full well that it's absolute rubbish clickbait. Anyway... Uh, and it's not journalism. It's not. It's you're rubbish. All. Absolute rubbish.
2: Fox Sports and Foxtel, they're, they're in
1: the bin. Still they
2: are in, in the bin. In the bin at F1.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, and look, boys, another disappointing bit of news to come out is the Singapore Grand Prix has been cancelled. Uh, no real surprise there. Uh, we're probably looking like Japan and definitely Australia will be cancelled as well. Yeah. Um, Look, Mugello is a, is a good place to go to. <laughs> That's one track to find. Uh, potentially, we reorganize Turkey to come back on the calendar somewhere else. Uh, but certainly, it's probably going to be much like it was last year, very European-focused, campy. I know uh, you'd love to go back to Kota. So would I. I'd love that. I don't think, however, South America no. is is a vibe. But uh, as you said a little bit earlier, you know, there may be a second uh, race in the States if they can find, if they can pick up and move Formula 1 into the country uh, it would be beneficial to find another track potentially to to race there.
2: Well, oh, what about one of their like their their courses they've got at the moment, like Laguna Seca? Imagine that. Whoa. Good <laughs> luck getting <laughs> a car <laughs> down the corkscrew, pal. Oh yeah, no, uh, <laughs> we, can, we can hope, Carl. We can hope. Geez, that uh, would uh, be no. I think setup. America's yes. no America's prime because they've got infrastructure over there to support F one and motorsport. Um, Week in, week out. So it wouldn't surprise me if they get to America, they do COTA, and then they do a couple of other races. Um, while they've logistically moved everything over there, it wouldn't make sense. Oh, yeah, mm. well, let's just jump on a truck and go from A to B. So that would be good. Yeah, we won't come to Japan. We won't. Definitely, definitely 100% will not be coming to Victoria. I mean, we've seen Andrew Westercott um, from the Melbourne Grand Prix Com- Corporation come out and say some things in the last three weeks. But... No, there's not a chance in the world that we'll have a race here this year or we won't have it in March next year either, I think which F, is a real shame.
0: F1 will just be deterred because we're like, well, you guys shut down on a whim, so are you going to just cancel us when we get here again or they're going to want some kind of guarantee that no matter what, we're running with fans or no fans. And I don't think <laughs> Victoria's going to guarantee that. So no. that's that'll be the end of it.
2: But how do we go from two weeks ago having 80,000 people at a football game? Yeah. You know, all sitting in stadiums, and we had it at multiple multiple stadiums across three days. Yeah, well, why do we go from that to a complete shutdown of the whole state and the whole economy? Yeah. It just crazy. doesn't make any sense to me at all. But, yeah. but like looking at it from a motorsport perspective, like Albert Park's the easiest place to get around as a fan. That you want, you could have three hundred thousand people there and still be socially distanced. Yeah, you wouldn't have the stands for it, but just get rid of the stands and just make it pedestrian access, so that we can look at it. We know that we can. We don't have to be able to walk up and down the pits and get all the access like we normally do. I mean, there's procedures in F1 clearly going around the world for the last two years that can make this possible. It is a totally easy event to put on if we need it to. Um, I drove past the uh, track upgrades and the track changes they're doing. They're still going ahead at the moment. Um, I think it'd be an easy event to put on. Yeah. They just need to set it up and get it done. They just need to make some allowances to get the teams in and not have to quarantine for two weeks. They can go into their own little bubble throughout. Yep. It'll be easy. It's, it'll be so easy to do if they want to, but the problem is is. I don't think they will. be using
1: want. logic, and I think that's your problem. <laughs> that's why it's not going to work. You need to use bin logic, Campy specifically yeah. <laughs> bin logic. All right, let's talk about uh, what happened up into qualifying to the end of qualifying uh, in practice, lads. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of people struggling, uh, rookies, including uh, my first point here is that turn 15 is a mega to watch. They are that is the the where they're pushing either past the envelope and finding the wall, or even just having a quick glance. Uh, or doing a full lance and crashing into it. Uh, so, <laughs> But a mega, mega, blood, this is such a great circuit. Anyway, as, as I said, uh, also new power units for most of the cars, um, which has caused some problems for, for both of the Williams cars as well, for Latifi uh, and for George Russell, Latifi and FP1, Russell and FP3. That is massively awkward for them. Go back, go back. Yeah. Page <laughs> down, Alt F4, yes. undo. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is yeah. a bit ridiculous. Another interesting thing from uh, from practice was note on the team radio. Oh. He tried to do the little pirouette, and that this is where you find out the mega drivers like Seb Vettel and Valtteri and Lando even just you know in a shoebox can spin that thing. But he tried, buggered it, and then he's like, can't find reverse, help.
2: It was very funny, and then Austin Powers was was like Austin Powers, yeah, seventeen-point (laughs) turn. The best one was you could see Bottas come in and turns the thing on a 20-cent piece, right? And
0: then he drifted and out of oh, the yeah, oh, that, 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 was that view
2: from behind. Just, oh, that was if that guy incredible. doesn't get a seat,
0: he should definitely go to Rally because I would want to watch that.
2: Oh, the dude's a star. He could just be it's the so star
0: good. of
1: Fast and Furious 10 when returned to Tokyo. Yes. And just he could just be yes. drifting the entire time.
2: He won't say anything the whole time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's the new DK. New Drift King, yeah.
2: <laughs> there is an idea in that, Valtteri. If
1: you want to hit us up, we can uh, produce it for you. <laughs> Do this Scandinavian Tokyo drift done.
2: <laughs> His nickname's Donkey Kong. <laughs> Donkey Kong,
1: love it, love that. Uh, but oh, everyone sorry. was really struggling a little bit, weren't they? We we saw Charles put it into the barrier in FP two at fifteen. Um, we saw Max put it into the barrier at the same corner in FP three. Uh, and the biggest interesting thing for me, lads, in practice was looking at the two Mercedes because they were running two completely different aero packages between Valtteri and Lewis. Tommy T, what the hell are they doing?
0: They're doing the old copy flexi wing. They're trying to see what they can do, trying to run different amounts of downforce so it works. And it turns out they just threw away all the downforce, went low, uh, low, down low downforce, dra- for low quality. drag. Yeah, low, low drag. drag, but. Yeah, they were just trying everything. I think they're they're hoping that either the Flexi Wing gets canned and they can go back to what they were doing, or they've got this backup plan, which is their own version of the Flexi Wing, which they can roll out if it's allowed. Is it at Paul Ricard we're talking about the reg change for
2: flexible parts coming in or whatever they yeah, Let's change on. the regs mid season. That makes complete <laughs> sense, doesn't it?
0: But Mercedes asked for it to change, so we'll we'll change it.
2: Well, yeah, I think yeah. Mercedes have got. I think they've got a uh, hundred twenty page document sitting somewhere <sighs> with a big subpoena and a big big lawsuit ready to throw at Red Bull if they need to at some stage in the uh, in the near future. It's one of those pages. Just a photo of Toto Wolff going do it or else. Pretty much, <laughs> he's trying to be Ferrari, but they're not. No, it'll be <laughs> interesting to see what happens. Valtteri, I reckon Valtteri had the better. of it. If you look at his um in his second lap in Q three. If you look at his sector times, he was three tenths ahead of everybody. He was going to get pole. Um, he put it together. Unfortunately, uh, Sonoda and Signs had that incident, which brought out the red flag, which means he didn't get to finish it. Once again, how unlucky is that guy? Mm. I mean, what what does he have to do? Change Toto, co- change
0: sports because he's just unlucky.
2: Interesting, him. interesting. Toto Wolff put some of the blame for his Monaco pit stop on uh, on him and not the team. He said, oh, he didn't land on the box properly, which meant that when they tried to unscrew the uh, the wheel nut, um, that's why it was on an angle and seized. Righto. <clears throat> and, man- and even Valtteri came out and said, I'm surprised by that. I don't think Toto knows what he's talking about. There. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's,
0: are they trying to kick him out? Are they trying to well, like, make him a bit little, annoyed?
2: Little things like this that are starting to creep into Mercedes, which we haven't seen. But they are under pressure at the moment. So. They are under pressure. That's crazy to me.
1: And and it, it sort of harks back to what we said last time around, lads. Where and even and David Coulthard said this that maybe VB's been given the tap on the shoulder to say you're not being renewed for for next year. Uh, and he's yep. and sort of things like this. Uh, he does, you know, they don't have to be so politically correct, I suppose, anymore, and and be super supportive, uh, which is super disappointing. Um, one thing that uh, Toto did say, which I found absolutely hilarious uh, over the course of the last twenty four hours, is uh, a quote about Karen. And the quote is: "Christian is a bit of a windbag who wants to be on camera." Is <laughs> <laughs> excellent, Toto. There, that is good. Windbag.
0: <laughs> More of that, please. Windbag.
2: Windbag. I like it. Wow. I'm Surely some of our fans can come up with a new nickname for Mr. <laughs> Karen Horner from now on incorporating Karen windbags Karen. somehow. So, Love that. Very good. All right, lads,
1: let's talk about qualifying. And uh, four red flags equaling Hungary for the amount of red flags and one, one second to go red flag almost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when, it, when the session was stopped. Uh, but let's go through in order. Lance Stroll in 15. Crashed out and then for whatever reason didn't pull over to the first exit he found, decided to go around the corner and make it more difficult and take longer again for the stewards to clear the car. What a great guy. What a wonderful person who definitely feels like he wants to be in Formula 1. He crashed at an exit. (laughs) Just stay there.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, there is that too. There's a Muppet.
1: Yeah. And. uh,
2: Yep. What do you want me to say? He was trying to get back to the pits clearly because he didn't want to lose all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But anyway, but in doing that, he actually helped George Russell Uh, because George Russell, of course, his power unit needed to be controlled Z, as you said, or Alt F forward or page (laughs) down. Uh, They did that and they were like, oh, we're only going to probably get him out of the very end of uh, Q1. But that extra little bit of time helped the Williams mechanics. Uh, Mega shout out to them. That was a huge turnaround. So well done to you guys. Uh, And of course, it was good for my fantasy team because I put... George back into the fantasy, which has worked well, along with Carlos and Charles, uh, because evidently Ferrari had a lot better. Anyway, uh, but that sort of led into Giovinazzi crashing, which is a shame because actually Gio this weekend has been on form. Uh, Campy, Giovinazzi, are you happy to see his progression? Because he's likely to stay for Alfa Romeo for next year, isn't he?
2: Yeah, I think, yeah. Look, he's driving well, but he's one of these drivers that just continually goes under the radar. doesn't matter what he does, where he finishes, where he where he starts, whether he qualifies well or has an incident. We don't talk about him a hell of a lot in the media. Um, problem is he's not making headlines. He's not out driving that car to the point where he's in the points consistently. Um, him and Räikkönen are pretty close. I mean, Räikkönen's a hell of a driver, but he's well past his best, I think. But... Um, but he needs to be consistent. If he wants to shore his future in Formula 1 up and get it to a point where he's going to be a long-term, you know, nine- to ten-year driver, he needs to be consistently dominating Kimi Räikkönen. And he's not doing it. The fact that he brings money, I think, probably tarnishes his represent, uh, reputation throughout the pits. Um, but for those little, those smaller teams, like your Williams and your Alphas and uh, who else we got? I think that – and the Haas, I think they're the teams that he'll be playing with, really. Um, he will stay on, mm. but, yeah, it's a it's probably
0: got, like, Checo's career ahead of him, if he's lucky. Like, but, that kind of lower midfield driver that hopefully will get another opportunity, but maybe not.
2: Like, but then he just again, don't know. We're in Australia, so we're the other end of the spectrum to Europe. We don't – I don't know – what it's like for a for an Italian driver to be driving F1 and the marketing and all the stuff that, that brings in Europe, particularly to that area of the world. We have a view on it over here, but we, it's a bit like Checo. We don't think – we don't really care about Checo. Sorry, when we say we don't care, he doesn't create headlines like the other drivers do. But in South America, Checo is their mm-hmm. peanut boy for Formula 1. So everything – Every result, every crash, every podium, every win, every pass gets analysed in these countries that we don't have to see. So I think Geo probably falls into that um, into that category. Unless you're
0: from the UK, we don't hear about you. Unless you're an Australian because we're Australians. Other than that, we don't know about anyone else really, do we? It's no. just the the coverage we get from Sky is yeah. very UK-based.
2: And you've got to go and look for it. like If you want to find out of these guys are going to go look for it. I'm certainly not searching the interwebs for uh, Antonio Giovanazzi information.
1: So. That's where you're wrong. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> if I look through your search history <laughs> and I don't find Italian Jesus, I am disappointed. Let's be honest. Uh, okay, lads, let's talk about Daniel Ricciardo because this crash was not ideal for him, and he said after so it, into turn three he just didn't break early enough. He came out after the after Quali and said that. Yes, he did. was on the brakes too late because he was trying to find his time there, uh, you know, a couple of one-hundredths or whatever thousandths of a second to be found in those braking areas, and, of course, it just didn't connect for him. Up until that point, though, he was doing pretty well. The lap before this, uh, he caught some traffic, so he wasn't able to get on it just as much as he wanted to, uh, which then made him push even harder for this. <laughs> Fernando Alonso came out at the end of uh, Q3, who he made it into Q3, which is fantastic for him, but said, can we just tell these younger drivers to maybe drive at 98%, not 100%? Like, you don't need to put it into the bloody wall all the time where you clearly have no ability to be able to do this. It's like, oh, Nando coming out, guns
2: blazing, which was hilarious. It's because everyone's younger than him. Yeah. (laughs) They're all young drivers in his eyes. There seems to be that turn 15, if they don't get that right, it affects so much of their lap um for the for the rest of the lap if they don't get that right. Because so,
0: 'cause you've got to uh, make the decision so early well, whether you bail out or not.
2: I think I think because we've seen so many issues this weekend, I think you can move that chicane in more so that it's closer to the opposite barrier to give yep. the guys more room. It'll obviously be faster and it'll create more speeds. And that that's probably why the Chicane or that sorry the uh the curb is where it is. It's sort of three quarters of the way out in the middle it's of the It's a decent road. way out, isn't it? Yeah. Um and it's probably because they want to keep speeds down, but I think it's easily fixed. Uh, but it's blind too. It's blind coming down from 300, Which we love. 300 and so kilometres or whatever it is. It's uh, Look, it's good to watch. I, I don't mind seeing issues. Yep. But again, I think we had the same conversation last last week in Monaco after qualifying. Do drivers need to get penalised for bidding it in qualifying? It's, in,
0: it's an interesting point because we barely finished a qualifying session. Two of them were just... Ended because there yeah. was no time left, so people on flying laps weren't able to finish.
2: Yeah, and Valtteri would have put it on pole.
0: There's, there's every That's chance easy. that we would have had a very different grid for Q two and Q three. Yeah. So it, it does, it does raise a point whether, but then I suppose genuine accidents versus pushing it too hard and wiping it out is a very different thing. How do you judge that? Do you just have to have not only do you have a crashed car, and now you finish at the back as well. Anyway, I don't know. Well,
2: I just think if you bin it in qualifying, the car can't be reconstructed under Park Firme. And if it is, if you do make changes to your car for damage, you go back to the you go to the back of the grid. I think maybe you go minimum. You're at the end of that
0: Q block. So if you finish in Q two, no, you I instantly just, just go to fifteenth.
2: No, I just think you, if you bin it, you bin it. Mm. Oh, your car's got to be your car's got to be fixed so anyway look i think it's frustrating but it's frustrating for alonso because he, his first lap in q3 was on a, was on an old set cuz he was saving his um good set for his second run and for it to be affected like that i mean you can see why the guy's frustrated yeah. so yeah and we saw
0: that in q1 both yeah. times
2: red flag that they
0: wasted two new sets of tires potentially before they actually got to put a lap in cuz they They'd run some outlaps and then they got red flags and they couldn't even utilize those tires. So yeah.
2: So look, look. I think I think we can figure some things out moving forward. But yeah, is are they going to react and adapt? Probably not.
1: Another crash that was interesting to watch with Sonoda that then affected Carlos. That was a bit bizarre, wasn't it? Uh, Poor Carlos, like that. uh, Hopefully, it's not a gearbox. But that that whole incident with him was just like. Yeah, as he said on the team radio, he got distracted by Tsunoda going in front of him, locked up the rear and just spun it around. Um, he sounded pretty shaken on it's, the radio too. It's It seemed like he put a steering input
0: in because he didn't think he'd be able to stop going straight on almost. He kind of felt like he had to throw some rotation in to help slow the car down as well. It's It was weird because he could have just gone straight into the runoff, you would have thought. Um, but also then you've got that little mini kinked chicane in the runoff area as well that he probably would have had trouble no- negotiating under lockup. So hopefully yeah. it's not a gearbox because he he was doing well and he looks good this weekend. So be very disappointed to see him drop places he doesn't need to drop.
2: His sector times are again looking good as well. They were um, they were they were. They were greens for him, so personal best. They weren't best of the circuit. So he was going to improve on his time as well. But, yeah, mate, that one looked dodgy, didn't it? It was like he reacted and he just hit the brake harder than he normally did. Mm. And that front left locked up. As he tried to turn in, um, turn left, the whole back end just stepped out, which we've seen Seb Vettel do plenty of times in that car as well. So um, I think he was lucky to get away with the amount of damage that he actually got to the car. Yeah. I mean, because that could have been –
1: like, imagine horrific. if he
2: hit that. Imagine if he hit Sonata or hit the uh, the corner of that wall, like sideways impact. Yes. Just could have snapped the whole car yeah. in half. So. Nah, I think yeah. he's very lucky. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But Ferrari this weekend, though, were very, very strong. Uh, this is a car that, yep. look, when it comes to the race, they're not going to be as fast race pace as the Mercedes and the Red Bulls, and I think Charles will definitely not be uh, in that first position come the end of maybe lap three or four. But... For Ferrari as a, as a whole for a week, this is miles ahead of where they were last year, of course. And as we said, we want this to happen. We want them to come back towards the front. Uh, but Carlos Sainz is finding some really nice rhythm in this car. Whilst Charles Leclerc's uh, two uh, weeks in a row of pole position, I think Carlos is, is seriously challenging him to be the best driver in that team. And Campy, I know you, uh, you're expecting as the F1 profit for that to be the case. And Carlos, to inverted commas, in your terms, spank Charles.
2: <laughs> oh, look, I don't think he's going to spank him, but he will. At some stage, he'll be the number one. It's campy reversing
0: that
1: take. Oh, unbelievable. Sounds like a reverse. Yeah. So you well, said spank. I,
2: mean, I did say spank, but I got that wrong. <laughs> yeah. you know. Everyone knows I change my change my change of perception and views every week. So it's <laughs> true. And that's what they like about it. <laughs> I mean, some right? people don't like it. Some people don't like it. Apparently, uh, <laughs> I offend people on the uh, type of car. Apparently,
1: you defend everyone. Imagine, imagine <laughs> having an in joke between the three of us and other people taking it quite literally. Um, okay, but but. but- Back on Ferrari,
0: yes. yeah. th- they, are, they are so fast down those straights. If I'm not mistaken, and there's every chance I am, I think I heard Carlos got up to 344 kilometres an hour. Oh, that's that just, is insane. It's lightning, isn't it? That's ridiculous amount of speed to be carrying in, and then you're like, oh, cool, I have a 90-degree corner coming. Thank you. That's ridiculous. Well,
2: one of the questions I had from last week was, uh, were the pecking order between Ferrari and McLaren going to change? And, yes, Ferrari <gasps> had the first. The third best car on the grid. I got that wrong. Sorry, Big Nick. <laughs> I said grid. Third best grid on the car last week. <laughs> um, Which I, I literally I went to say it and it was coming out wrong. I was like, slow down. But they are. I think. I think they're the third best car on the grid at the moment, yes. and they've overtaken. Um, they've overtaken McLaren. Um, I think McLaren will probably stay the fourth best car for the remainder of the year. But um race pace will be the interesting thing for me. I haven't I didn't get to see much of uh practice two or practice one you know, and look genuinely at some of the race pace times in their uh, in their race simulations. So um but what we've seen with Ferrari is that they they're really good over one lap and their race pace hasn't been as good compared to the McLaren. Yep. So I wonder, I wonder, on a track like this, where there are big straights and there is big DRS and mm-hmm. overpowered um, sections when you get in the draft, I wonder mm-hmm. I wonder how Ferrari will be affected by that. But, uh, yep, they're the third best car on the grid at the moment.
1: Yes, love a, love a grid on a car. Um, Pierre Gasly... Absolutely stonking lap. If Sonoda had just given away his first time lap and, and come back a little bit to give Pierre a toe, he would have been challenging a lot further towards the front than where he was. But that AlphaTauri in that first sector is mega, and I'm happy for the guy. I think he is his performance is getting better and better and better each weekend just to be, at the end of the year, the humble pie giver to you, Campy.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of credit goes to Pierre, obviously, but I think most of the credit should go to Canby for just being so hard on him and really encouraging him to step up and change change his career for the better. I think you need to take a lot of the credit for that. Take it about. Yeah,
2: well sometimes well, sometimes you know a bit of tough love, you know? <laughs> the tough love's always good. And uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking any credit for this guy's I, I have been super critical of him in the past Particularly no. when he got the call up to Red Bull um, But he shit the bed so badly in that top team it wasn't funny like, Out of all the three drivers that went there Kiviat went there Kiviat was better than Perez in my view Perez is the second best driver to have a crack Albon was the third best, and then Gasly was the worst second driver in that Red Bull car. But what he's doing at Alfa Tauri, since he's gone back there, is pretty special. Yep. And if he continues to drive like this, I think another team, like potentially an Alpine or maybe a – in the future, McLaren could be looking at someone like this guy to step up. But – Uh, he's not going anywhere in the Red Bull under that umbrella. So he may have to take a step sideways or even backwards for his future in order to progress up the grid.
1: And look, to be honest, I don't think he necessarily would want to go into that top team anymore. I mean, there's a lot of baggage there obviously for him, but uh, a lot of dumb decisions that have been made over recent years courtesy of Helmut Marko. So why would you want to go back? That's that's one of the reasons why DR left to begin with, right? (sighs)
2: Did you hear the question that I uh, got posed to Daniel Kiviat this week? Um, do you think Helmut Mark will give you another call back to the uh, Alpha Terry What too? did he say? <laughs> Kiviat's like, Oh, I think he's I think he wants to. Um, because of Sonoda's <laughs> performance, what? but he—he's uh, too scared to, because uh, he's too proud. <laughs> I was like,
0: Doctor Helmet does seem like, like a very proud guy uh, that would like, go back on his word. No, does well, he?
2: I, I think Kvyat would be a better driver. Yeah, the Nuki Sonoda, and but the problem is he's had two chances. But I thought it was good from Daniel Kiviat because yeah. I said Kvyat's season last year was overshadowed by Gasly's win. You know, Gasly got the better of him, but. Tony yeah. Kvyat was right there. The, the points didn't explain the whole
0: story, did it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: But anyway, I think, um, yeah, that was interesting. But all credit to Gasly.
1: You're no longer whipping Boy. You're proud of him? I'm <laughs> uh, not proud. <laughs> Let's talk about Lando because this, no, good this He's red flag him. situation that's given him a three-place grid penalty has not helped McLaren at all. I um, don't know if you boys saw the replay on the Skypad after Quali. what actually happened. He was more over towards the right-hand side uh, over the white line. And I think they may have forgiven him for that. If he didn't then just bloody accelerate through the gears. Accelerate. A dumb thing to do. If you're like, I don't understand what was going through his head for that. Um, but that is a rookie error really when it comes to it. And look, I know he was carrying a lot of speed, but he was already on the left-hand side of the track anyway, heading towards the box. So. I was very confused as to what mm. they were playing with there. I think it's just a brain fade. I think too many things,
0: too many inputs, and he just got flustered and just was like, okay, I'm back out. I'll don't accelerate. Because he kind of accelerated for the tiniest amount of time before he had to start preparing for the corner anyway. But I just it's got to be a brain fade thing. I don't think he was intentionally like, oh, stuff red flag
2: rules, I'm going to oh, speed. Sure. I think yeah. it's just a mistake. I don't mind... These are the rules which I don't like. And because they have no – like what Lando did didn't affect anyone. Nothing happened. So why would you penalise a guy? These are the rules I don't like. But then again, on the flip side, I totally understand why. If we're in wet weather conditions and look what happened to Jules Mm -hmm. Bianchi, that's why they made the decisions they make. Mm -hmm. So I think three places, I think it probably should be more – I think This is what F1 gets right. They get procedures and they get rules. These rules are in place for a reason. And when you stuff it up, just cop it on the chin and move back. So yeah. is it a three three place or a five? Three. Yeah, I, I, mean, th-
0: I think red flag rules have to be strict. Black and white, there's no grey area for that reason, like you mentioned, Jules Bianchi. I think that is yeah. what they're getting at is like, Hey, even if technically you're not in the wrong and you weren't endangering anyone a red flag, it's just got to be the rule. Red flag, everyone do this. If you don't, you're going to cop it and you know you're going to cop it.
2: Yeah, I think there's got to be a happy medium, though. It seems like in practices and and qualifying, as soon as there's an incident, red flag, straight away. But in a race situation, it's very different Mm. uh, the way they approach it. You know, they'll wait 30 seconds before they make it, like, obviously the yellows will come out. And then whether we go to a full safety car or a or a virtual safety car, that's the thing I don't like. You can't like,
0: run a safety car or a virtual safety car through a qualifying session, though, or, to be honest, a practice because there's not enough time on the clock. Or, yeah, so I know what you're yeah. saying, but you can't, there's no real avenue for that to be used for people yeah. to continue lapping because then you just run the qualifying clock down while they retrieve a car. So they've got to pause the session, but you're right, it does screw everything because then the clock starts again, but no one's on a flying lap.
2: Yeah, I just think in racing conditions, our response to it, these incidents are different to what mm. it is in qualifying and, uh, and the practice sessions. I mean, you look at yesterday; you used to see cars parked on the side of the track. I was like, I love it. But that's not safe. Like you've got to
0: – that's a lot of money sitting out there. That's a lot of – that's an obstacle now for someone else that comes off in that same area. Yeah. It, you've just got to retrieve that stuff. I think you're right. They're, they're getting better at retrieving things under yellows instead of stop everything in a race. But
2: yeah. anyway. No, look, like there has to be a fine balance, I think. I mean, in the worst case scenario, i seen what happened. with Jules Bianchi, etc. Mm. And we don't want to see that. So if they're the rules we have to put up with because those things have happened in the past, then – I kind of get it, but at the same time, it's a bit nanny state like. It's a bit like. They're, uh, <laughs> Here we
0: go. Strap in, everyone. No, no but it's We're coming
1: back to Victoria.
2: The guy not
0: driving a car says it's a bit too unsafe. Uh, yeah, it's a bit yeah. too safe. Like okay. the drivers get it. They they want the red flags in there for that reason. So,
1: don't all right, lads. Well. Let's let's yeah, talk no, about what it. we can expect for ahead of tomorrow. We can talk about this forever. Let's uh, let's get your predictions based on who who's your top three. Tommy T. Who do you have coming in first, second, and third?
0: Oh, I'd like to see Maximus Verstappen get up again just for the points kind of battle. Put Lewis a bit more on, on the back foot. Keep it interesting, but I don't know. I think I think the Ferrari's going to be strong. I'd like to see Carlos have a good showing. Um, I, I think he's got a really good opportunity from where he's sitting.
2: I'd like to see Verstappen and Hamilton not finish crashing out. <laughs> 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 I would like to see someone other than a Ferrari. Oh, Carlos can win a Ferrari. That'd be great. But I want to see someone. I want to see a grid with like one Ferrari and one McLaren and maybe a, not a Gasly, maybe a Lonzo or something. That's what I want to see. This track, hopefully some things happen which uh, which induce a bit of racing. We throw it up sort of mid-race. Would and, not uh, be surprised. Throw the ball in the air and it's all reshuffled and see how we go.
0: Would not be surprised for a ghastly podium, to mm. be honest. Sitting where he is, he's just going to try and outlast people he will try and conserve tyres and wait for an opportunity. I think he could, he could be on for a and, podium here. Yeah. I think
2: Danny Rick will be mega in the first 20 laps. I think he'll sort of jump into that P6, P7. All
0: right, so what's the strategy for Daniel starting mm. where he is? He's got tyre <laughs> choice. What does he do?
2: he's got to go on the hards and try outlast. Well, hope for so. a yellow. He's sorry. I'll go mediums. Yeah. Try and eke out an extra five or six laps on the, the planned, um, the plan.
0: Yeah.
2: Plan pit stop. But tomorrow he's just, look, he's got to get the job done on track. It's not going to be strategy. It's going to get him results tomorrow. It's going to be done on track. Yep. He's got to be courageous into turn one. Um, you know, that triple overtake he did a few years ago and the Red Bull was oof. amazing. Oof. Oh, I mean. Oof. Oof. I mean, even that race with Max Verstappen, he likes his track. So yep. he's just gotta be super aggressive off the start, super aggressive under braking. And hopefully the car hangs on and does what he's told. I think he'll be up to his teammate pretty quickly. Um
0: it is high deg, is there a chance of a two stop or do you think it's a one?
2: Ah, uh, two stop. I think two stop all day. Yep. I and mean, there's 51 laps, and it's a minute It's a, it's a long lap. It's, so, a minute, it's a minute 50, or oh, a minute 40 lap time. So, But if or, he
0: can eke out those mediums for a long time, he can have two short, soft
2: stints potentially. Yeah, I just don't see it. Oh, well, yeah. I think he goes on the hard
1: because the hard compound for this time was the medium compound in 2019 where Kimi Räikkönen put on heaps and yep. heaps of laps, so on, I, and he's got plenty of sets left. I reckon he goes hard first. We know, unfortunately, that he's not great off the start at the moment, DR, so the likelihood of him getting past yep. Ocon, Vettel, Bottas, and Alonso to get into that P8 kind of area is unlikely. I think, I mean, look, at the end of the day, there's going to be a safety car, isn't there? We we missed one in Monaco, yep. so we're well, going to yeah. catch that up probably with about 10 here. Uh, there's going to be incidents <laughs> at turn 15. People are going to push hard. So like a Gasly, yep. the only way that he's going to get towards the front is by taking advantage of safety cars, uh, having a good ability to be... Adaptable when it comes to strategy and listening to you know that McLaren strategy, and we know that they can do a good job when it comes to this. So, I think the problem could be though if there's an early safety car and he's on hards, everyone else pits and he's
0: stuck out there. He's going to gain track position, but then he's got to pit later, not under a safety car. So I don't know if the hards are going to.
1: With you, James. But if, you, if the hards are going to last that long, me. all I'm saying is he has the ability then to mm. go longer if he needs to on that rubber. Longer. Yeah, not for. I think it's a two yeah. stop for sure.
2: If you look at the history of results, it's the ones that don't necessarily react and come in early. Mm. Recently, it's been, if you stay out. You are rewarded. You are rewarded. Mm. So I would say when there is an issue, stay out.
1: Because most likely
2: that virtual safety car or the safety car will turn into a red flag because it's a street circuit. Mm. So stay out. And if he stays yeah, out longer than everyone else, and we do have you're incidents, he will get he will get rewarded by being able to uh, change his change his tires under the red there's, flag. There's situations. not
0: many places on this track where you could actually recover a car under a yellow. We, it's going to go red. Like it's more likely to go red than most kind of other tracks, street circuits. Yeah. If there's an incident, and they need to recover a
2: car. It's probably going to be red flagged. Yep. yep, you're not wrong. Yeah, I think you're right. So look, anyway, stay out, Danny Rick. Stay out. Stay long. out stay out long get a result for the if boys. you'd like all the other
0: strategy stuff you can go to our website at thomasjcamp.com.au <laughs> where you'll get Danny Rick's full lap by lap breakdown of what he should be doing his deltas, everything
1: well. <laughs> I'd love to if that was real that would be incredible I uh, imagine if that was real it would be in paint
2: be- also got some of Tommy T's locks, pictures of his luscious locks on that website. We sponsorship
1: salt. from Ashley and Martin or something, that <laughs> no, <it's... Yeah>. Sponsorship <laughs> by a surgeon for you, Campy, and by a hair surgeon for you, Tommy T. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, lads. Oh, Just... well, look, thanks yep. for going You'd hate this. to be
2: precious, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd hate to be an offendable Californian like that <laughs> muppet on the internet. <laughs> you'd hate to be offendable. Yeah, you'd you hate
1: to take the time to leave a negative pretty, review. Look,
2: I'm... I'm a pretty superficial guy. You are. Oh, yeah.
1: well, that's not, that's uh, true.
2: You fucking idiot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and that bombshell. It's time to finish. Lads are looking forward to this race. It's going to be an absolute cracker, I reckon. Yeah, be good. Uh, looking forward to chatting it. Through with you in uh, just over 24 hours' time, or uh, not 24 hours' time, I should say. Uh, If you've enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to do all the things that good people do. You can chat with us for the race tonight on our Discord server. Campy has figured out how to use it, so he'll be there as well. Uh, But, lads, (laughs) good to be with you. I hope the rest of your afternoon is good in Victoria. And thanks to you for listening. We'll see you very soon for our recap of the Baku Grand Prix. Thanks, lads. Alright, let's can we can we just clap again so I know where yep. in the edit we can do sorry can you
2: can be your countdown. Yeah. Three, two, one, clap. Oh gosh. Don't say
1: clap. Doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what the
2: fucking, what Come on. Shake it okay. off. Let's roll this. Okay. Well that was a terrible fifteen minutes. <laughs> Cutting room floor. Okay. Sports social podcast network.